Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 36 of the World of Sports podcast. I am your host, Diego Sandoval. Joined with me, as always, is my co-host, Logan Ring. Logan, say what's up to the people. What's up, everybody? Uh, we've got a fun little episode. Um, we've got two, two, con- two topics that we're going to talk about, and that is uh, this past week, ESPN released their top 25 under 25 um, list, and we've got some problems with it. A lot of people have some problems with it, so we're going to kind of talk about that. Um, and then we're also going to talk about MLB opening week. Uh, pretty exciting week. It, it seems like baseball is back fully, like we had last year, but baseball is truly feels back to normal. So that's really nice. Um, but yeah, that's going to be the main two things we talk about. Um, as always, you can follow us on our social medias, the World of Sports Podcast. Look that up. You can find it on Instagram, TikTok. Um, don't really use Twitter, so you there's no point in following Twitter. But, you know, you can't if you want. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, we, we post a lot of content there that you won't even find on the podcast. And uh, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, you know, drop a follow, drop a, you can rate us. So do that. Give us some five stars. Um, and then if you're watching YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, do it all. Um, so yeah, let's get right into it. ESPN, um, top 25 under 25. If you are not aware, that basically just means it should mean the best players under the age of 25. That's what the name says. Top 25 under 25. Um, yeah. But apparently that's not what it mean, meant. I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, so it's kind of confusing. <clears throat> I guess it means top 25 potential who are under 25, and that's why a guy like LaMelo is at number three. Um, but I think they kind of did it on purpose where they're like, uh, let's just kind of say it's top 25 under 25 and make it a list so people think we're just ranking these guys higher. And then they can talk about it, and it definitely worked because this has been like the biggest – I guess, news story thing that people have been talking about. Yeah. Uh, and that's because there's a lot of weird stuff going on in it. Yeah, for sure. So, and uh, just, just to run through it, uh, it goes Luca, Zion, LaMelo, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Darren Fox, Ben Simmons, Devin Booker, Bam Adebayo, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Brandon Ingram, Jalen Brown, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Ja Morant, Trey Young, Macau Bridges, DeMontis Sabonis, Anthony Edwards, DeAndre Ayton, Tyrese Halliburton, John Collins, Jared Allen, Lonzo Ball, and Colin Sexton. I will start at the top with the main issue that people have, I think, is LaMelo being at three. Um, I mean, yes, he's got potential, and yes, he was well on his way to one of the better rookie seasons in the NBA. But I, even if you're talking potential, I don't think you can put him above Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, De'Aaron Fox. On a lot of these guys, I don't think you can put them ahead in terms of potential. I, I don't know. That, that, and I'm a yeah, little, they're I'm obviously always, thinking he's going to be a lot better. Yeah. I just don't, I don't know. I've always been a LaMelo Ball fan. I, I, I thought he was the best player coming out of the draft. I had him going number one, but I don't know, dude. I just don't. I see Jason, I don't know, guys like Jason Tatum, like, yes, they're, they're all already all-stars and I feel like they're still improving. So I don't, I don't understand putting LaMelo in front of them. 
yeah, it was definitely the biggest problem people had with this list is he played 40 games so far, like not even a full season yet. And they're thinking he's going to be better than perennial all-stars already who have made a deep run in the playoffs and stuff. And that's like Tatum was in the Eastern conference finals a couple of years ago and he led that team. So I get that. It's like LaMelo could be a superstar in this league. And I think he's going to be a star at some point, but it's very early to say that. Um, I do like Zion at number two though. And then Luca, I, I think the top two spots are people pretty much believe that at this point, which yeah, I mean, I agree with, I think Zion's going to be insane. And then Luca's, basically already top 10 in the league in everybody's lists um but yeah there's a couple other problems that were just a little confusing yeah um i think devin booker is a big problem for a lot of people as well um i think devin booker is better than De'Aaron fox uh i would say he's i mean i think the main i think donovan mitchell might even be high uh, i i have a question for you i we, we've talked about it a little bit um who who do you think is a better player? Is, is it Donovan Mitchell or is it Devin Booker? I feel like those guys are so yeah heavily compared, and it's like it's almost like the perfect who would you rather have question. Yeah, it it's definitely been interesting because the argument with Donovan Mitchell is that he's been able to like lead his team to the playoffs, and he's done well in the playoffs. And Booker, we haven't seen that. We saw him in the bubble, and he performed really well. I don't think he's going to have a problem in the playoffs, but he hasn't been there yet. Right. Um, but that being said, I think I would still take Booker at this point, but it's wow. a very close conversation. Um, and I think Donovan's really good, but I don't know. It, it's, it's so close because they're very similar players, but I think Booker has the potential to be better. Uh, and I think Donovan has had a way better team the last few years, which is, I mean, that's kind of unanimous unanimously thought but uh still i mean i like the conversation because i don't think there's a clear right answer yeah i would take donovan mitchell in this situation simply because he's been for the past couple of years he's been the best player on a playoff caliber team and we've seen devin booker although it's really we talked about this the other day it's chris paul or Devin Booker as like the best player on the Suns and like statistically and everything like it really depends on how you look at it in terms of that kind of conversation but the Suns didn't win anything until Chris Paul came in so I feel like Donovan Mitchell he he knows how to win and he knows how to be the best player on a winning team I feel like he, he plays well in terms of just within the system that the Jazz have with with Gobert and with the shooters around him, whereas Booker, I feel like, is like a pure scorer in terms of like he'll just he'll put up the numbers, but he's not going to necessarily be the facilitator the team needs that I think Donovan can do. Yeah, I mean, I agree to some extent. I think last year Booker had like six or seven assists that he was averaging, mm-hmm. so I think Chris Paul is definitely taking over that role. And Booker definitely, I mean, he can do it, but he had a lot of turnovers and things too. So I understand where you're coming from. And there's a reason Chris Paul took that over is because he's better at it. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's the fact that like, we don't know they're both still super young. So they're mm-hmm. both going to get a lot better. Both um, I like that they're both high, but yeah, I, yeah, Booker, like 
Booker over Fox. I mean, Fox is having a great season, but like, I don't know. I, I just don't know how you can really make that argument in terms of and then right also, now and potential. Like, I, I, yeah, I think in both facets, they're better. He's better. Yeah. Um, and also, like, the list is confusing because I like Simmons <clears throat> at seven. Like, I think he deserves to be that high if you're making a list like this. But also, if you're going off potential, like, he's I, not getting better. Simmons hasn't really gotten any better. He's already an all star. He deserves to be an all star. He's one of the best defensive players in the league. He's like a LeBron James without a jump shot and then make everything else a little bit worse. Like he does mm-hmm. everything else. Um, but I, I don't think he's really improved at anything for the last few years other than maybe defense while Booker is getting better and he's got potential to average like 30 a game at some point in his career. So it's a weird list. Yeah. Um, and going down to the next kind of crop of guys, you've got Bam Adebayo, Shea, Brandon Ingram, Jalen Brown, Jamal Murray. Um, I mean, I might put Brandon Ingram a little bit higher just because uh, I don't know. I, I like Brandon Ingram. I like he, he's a he's kind of turning into one of the better scorers in the league. And I know Zion's kind of taken away like his number one role, which we thought he was going to have, but. I really like Brandon Ingram, and I'd probably put him above Shea and maybe even Bam. Yeah, I, th- this list I don't have a huge problem with, but I could definitely see Ingram moving up. Um, he's the closest thing we've seen to Kevin Durant, like, yeah. ever, and he's not going to be Kevin Durant, but the fact that he's, his play style is like that, where he's just so tall and lanky, and then he's got that shot that basically no one can guard. I mean – if he gets that better than what he's doing now, like he's already one most improved player. So I don't see why he can't improve more. Um, and that Pelicans team has a lot of potential. Yeah. Um, a guy like Jamal Murray. I don't know. This is a weird, I think he could have gone both ways for this because we thought he was going to improve a lot this year and he hasn't, but in the playoffs you saw like what he could be. So that's an interesting one. I'm curious to see what's going to happen in the next couple of years. He is playing along Jokic, who obviously like helps him, but also the numbers probably are down compared to if he was on like, like if Shea and Jamal Murray switched places, I think Jamal Murray would be averaging a lot more points than he is now. So it's definitely different situations. Um, And the next part of the list, like Michael Porter Jr. is on there at 14 and he's averaging like 15 points a game. Yeah. I want to talk about, yeah, that one is for sure. Yeah, that's potential for sure, and I, I understand it, but, like, I don't know. It, it's just weird placement because it seems like all the, like, arguments for people are all over the place where these guys could go either way if it's potential yeah. or if they're just ranking them now. Yeah, so the next crop is Michael Porter Jr., John Morant, Trey Young, Macau Bridges, and DeMontis Sabonis. And Michael Porter Jr. is having a very sneaky – most improved player season. He averaged nine and four or something last year. And this year he's averaging 17 and 7.6 rebounds. So that's a great, those are great stats. Um, hello, we're back. Uh, that We had a little bit of technical difficulties, <laughs> so that might've sounded weird, but I think we're good now. So like I was saying, the next kind of crop of players in that top 25 is Michael Porter Jr., John Morant, Trey Young, Mikal Bridges, and DeMontis Sabonis. As I was saying, 
Michael Porter Jr. is having a very sneaky good season. Um, he's improved a lot, and part of that is because he's getting more opportunity. But, I mean, 17 points, 7.6 rebounds a game, that's really good for that Nuggets team. However, I think uh, this might be me as a biased John Morant fan. I think Jaw has more potential. I think Trey Young is a better player and has more potential than both Jaw and Michael Porter Jr. Um, and Mikel Bridges, I don't understand Mikel Bridges <laughs> being there. I don't know. Do you make sense of that? There, This is a very weird part. First of all, Mikel Bridges is like, an amazing three and D player on the suns. Like I understand that he's super valuable for them, but like, how is he above a guy like Sabonis in this list Dude, or a, a bunch of other player. guys we're going to talk about? McCubbridge is a yeah, he is, player. I, he's super young. So I understand that he can, can get a lot better, but like, has he ever shown that he can like be a ball handler? And like, I, I don't know if he's ever going to average 20 in a 20 a year this for his career like I, I don't know he just hasn't really shown that he's a really good three-point shooter he's been very efficient but I don't know if that's the type of player he is um and Sabonis I he's down here just because he's the oldest guy on this list I think he made this list by like 15 days because he's gonna turn 25 in like a week um but that guy's been a two-time all-star already and he's averaging over 20 and 10 this year so yeah, he's averaging 20, 11, and 6. Even if he is yeah. the oldest guy here, you can't put him below Macau Bridges. Like, yeah, and <laughs> that's not even, like, the whole problem with this list. Trey, Trey and Jaw, like, Jaw, okay, Jaw, I think his, he's overrated right now because of his potential. I've said this before, but that potential, like, I, I don't see – a world where he's not going to be an all-star sometime right in his career. And then Trey young has already been an all-star and he's averaging 25 and nine and it's a bad season for him. Um, so <laughs> I don't know, like Michael Porter jr. Has been really good and really efficient, but these guys, you can just like, like watching jaw. He's got, he's just fun to watch. And like yeah. the highlights you see his potential, he's, shooting terribly this year but he if he figures that out he's going to be so much better i don't know they, mm -hmm. they can get so much better and i could i think they can be stars in this league so yeah i feel like it's just weird they're one away from mccall bridges at this point yeah and you know you can stop me whenever i become <laughs> too biased about john moran but i feel like he has he is a guy that has one of the highest potential or ceilings in the nba right now because he's 21 years old. He's averaging, I don't know what he's averaging, 17 or so, somewhere around there. Um, last year, he had 17 and 7. I know that. But like you've said, if he, he's terrible shooting right now. He, he, he cannot shoot a three. That's always been his game. But for some reason, he's taking a lot, which is good. As a young guy, you want to kind of take shots so that you can start making them, you know. But if he can develop that jumper, I mean – I don't think anyone's stopping him from averaging in the mid twenties and still getting those same assist numbers. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. He, he's definitely going to have to get more efficient, but the fact that he's, what are you 21? Yeah. He's 21 years old. Yeah. He's got 15 more years in this league, maybe. Yeah. So I and don't see how he 
he's already established himself as the face of that Grizzlies franchise. So it's like, yeah. And they're, they're like a fringe playoff team right, right now. They're They've already in the been plan. in the playoffs. Yeah. They're in the plan yeah. right now. So, and I don't know that that's just, th- there's something about him. That's like the it factor that people talk about. And it's right. like, you can tell that he's going to be very good. He, and he, I mean, he reminds me a lot of Russell Westbrook. Um, he yeah. Just, he's he, got that. It's the same play style. It it's the same play style. Um, but I mean, he, 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 I don't think he's necessarily going to put up all those triple doubles, but I don't know. He's got that intensity to him that I feel like could take him just so far. He's also reminds me of a young Derrick Rose, which makes me really scared. Don't say that, dude. Don't say that. The, the way that he lands, like he needs they to scare me, get a teacher or something to like the way Zion, like when he was, <laughs> dropped into the league he like got a teacher to teach him how to walk or something yeah someone needs to teach jaw how to land because yeah. that man's legs have been going everywhere yeah and i'm just scared i do not want him to get injured because he's got so much athleticism and like i don't know it yeah. it, it does remind me of derrick rose's dunks where it's like mm-hmm. how does this guy get so high up and it's like um, chill maybe hang on the rim a little bit and drop drop down <laughs> yeah. But, yeah yeah but also yeah. also um Thank you for not posterizing Kevin Love and ending his career. Dude, that would have that been was crazy. a charging foul, by the way, <laughs> but we don't have to talk about it. His feet were set outside of the restricted area. Um, I understand they didn't call it because that would have been like the dunk of the century. Keep that <laughs> fire. Anyways, okay. The next the next little piece of this list, let's get let's get uh to the next segment. But right now, the last piece of the list is kind of the rookie crop and then just the, the guys at the end um anthony edwards okay i know that sounded disrespectful but this is (laughs) um anthony edwards deandre ayton tyrese halliburton i guess there's only two rookies i don't know why i call it the rookie cop um john collins jared allen lonzo ball colin sexton i know your big uh qualm with this list is colin sexton being that low um but i want to start up um with anthony edwards deandre and tyrese halliburton I think Edwards is another guy who's got the potential but can't shoot for his life. Or he can shoot, but he's just not efficient at all. Not efficient at all yet. And so, I mean, I, I think it's fair to put him where he is right now um, just because he's, what is he, 19 years old? So, come on. Yeah. You know? Um, DeAndre Aiden having a, having a good season. He's, like, he's one of the reasons that Suns team is so good. He, I think he's averaging a double double. Um, he, he, he's 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 just been solid. Four, yeah, fifteen and eleven basically. So that's good for a guy. I think he's twenty two. Um, Tyrese Halliburton. I don't know. He, he's he he's a great shooter, but I I haven't seen much to put him maybe above. I know you're gonna say Colin Sexton. Um, <laughs> even like Lonzo Ball. I don't. I'm a big Lonzo fan. So what do you think about Tyrese Halliburton? I feel like he's, he's a tough one to gauge. Yeah. I really like his game. I've compared him to a young Malcolm Brogdon before where he's kind of got like the efficient, like he could be a a 50, 40, 90 guy averaging like 15 points a game. And then maybe if he averages 22 or something, those go a little bit down, but still that's like a fringe all-star player. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. He's still super young. And he can get a lot better. He's on a Kings team where they don't have, I mean, the Kings have been terrible for a really long time. So it seems like 
usually young guys struggle there, but he's doing really well. Um, and I think it's going to be fun in a few years, him and Fox and mm-hmm. I guess buddy healed too. I like that lineup of like three shorter guards. Um, I think they're really fun to watch. He's like one of the best catch and shoot three guys in the league as a rookie and his jump shot looks super weird, but it works. So it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I, I like him at this spot, but I also think you could kind of change it. I get the potential aspect of it, but like, what is his potential really? Because <laughs> I'm going to sound like a Colin Sexton fan, but like, can he average 20, 24 a game? Ah. And he's like, I mean, I don't know. Colin Sexton's 22 years old and is there. He's on a bad team. I understand it. But even a guy like Lonzo Ball, like, I don't know. He's super young too. So I don't know what he has that Lonzo doesn't. Um, And he's in a bad situation. Um, So, yeah, I I get the potential aspect of it. But also, like, if you're talking about 19-year-olds, Anthony Edwards' potential, he can be, I don't know, like (laughs) – an insane score yeah, at some half point. of these so, guys were not in the league at 19 so it's like yeah come on you know he, he's got he's got time <laughs> it just feels like it's picking and choosing a little bit of potential wise because like Lamelo and, and anthony edwards Lamelo was better this year yes but mm-hmm. anthony edwards was not that far behind in the rookie race mm-hmm. i get he was not he was a he was definitely the number two or three but right. If you're talking about potential, they're both 19 years old, but mm-hmm. one you choose to put at 19, one you choose to put at three. I think Lamella is going to be better, but also if you're looking just at potential, not it, this year. It's only. all over the place. Yeah, you could put Anthony Edwards at like 10 then if you're talking about what he could be. So mm-hmm. it's just a little weird. Yeah. Um, and then I know uh, I'll give you the floor. Colin Sexton at 25. Why is that wrong? <laughs> Okay, well, I think the perception of Colin Sexton is he's like a floor raiser instead of like someone who could be on a playoff team and still produce 20 points a game. Mm -hmm. I get that. But also, if you put him in a situation that's better, we haven't seen that. But also, why would his efficiency go down if he's on a system that is, I mean, the worst offense in the entire league? What what does he shoot? Percentages. Uh, 48. 36 80 something and i mean his three-point percentage has been bad the last couple of games it was at like 40 percent like two weeks ago um but the thing is like <laughs> i love the Cavs, but our offensive system is terrible like we cannot make plays we can't do anything i don't know why but i don't there's no reason why colin sexton can't average 20 on any team if he at least gets like 30 something minutes a game um, and I think other guys like Jarrett Allen, even on the Cavs too, he, he's a super solid piece for us. He's our center of the future, but he's like sneaky young. I feel like people he's, don't, he's 22 years old. Yeah. Like him and Deandre Ayton are the same age. Yeah. And it, it, like, I, I don't think their games are actually that different. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I get, he was a high pick, but I don't know. I, they're centers who can shoot the mid range who are very good defensively or Deandre Aiden isn't that good defensively yet, but he's obviously got that potential. He's got mm-hmm. like the build of, I don't know, some of the really a good defensive centers. center. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's averaging 1.2 blocks this year, which isn't terrible, but yeah. Um, but man, like I would switch Jared Allen and Colin Sexton for sure, because mm-hmm. I don't know how much better Jared Allen can get. Is Sexton, what is Sexton, 22, 23? 
Yeah, he's 22. Okay. So, yeah, I, I shit, that makes sense to put him above him if they're putting up the same numbers and they're the same age or yeah. different numbers and they're the same age. Um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I, uh, I, I'm from the side, I think most of our listeners, if we have listeners, <laughs> uh, can relate that, you know, I'm, I'm not a Cavs fan. So therefore I don't yeah. have much information on Colin Sexton, but through you, I've kind of started to pay more attention and realize like this guy puts up consistent numbers and you're, there's always going to be the argument until he's on a good team that he, he can't produce on a good team. So it's really just wait and see if the Cavs get good with him on the team. So we'll see about that. Before we end this segment, though, I do want to acknowledge, shout out Lonzo Ball, because I think he definitely deserves a spot here, especially with he's been shooting the ball decently. I think he's close to 40% from three this year, which has always been his main thing is he can't shoot or he has that weird shot, like, you know, but he fixed that. Um, and he's averaging, I think, close to like 15 points this year, something like that. And he's shooting near 40% from three, which is, and he, he's got one of the better basketball IQs. I think, what, what did Magic Johnson say? He's got the best basketball IQ in the league for, as a point guard or something. He also said that Lonzo's going to break a bunch of Magic's records on the Lakers. So <laughs> I'm not sure what he was thinking. But. Right. I, I don't agree, but, but <laughs> I think we have to kind of take that into consideration that Magic Johnson said he has one of the better yeah. basketball IQs, which I agree with. I mean, we've seen him on the court. He's a great facilitating point guard and if he can get that shot percentage up i think he's got a very bright future not on the pelicans i think he needs to get out of yeah i like the the lonzo zion connection thing but him on the pelicans i don't know he's been turned into like a three and d guy yeah as a shooting guard and that's just not what he's good at or i mean he's good at it but that's not you know getting him to his best potential it's not his game it never has yeah. been if you put him on a different team and he's going to get a lot of money this off season, oh, like some, yeah. some team is going to pay him a lot of money. And I don't think the Pelicans are going to match if he gets like a hundred million dollar, four or five year deal. Um, and I could see a really bad team offering that. Um, so where should he go? <laughs> I could see him on like a team, like the bulls. I don't know Dude, if they I have the money now. To say the bulls, you know how cool that would be if they had, I think Lonzo, Levine, Vucevic yeah. next year. I think that's a playoff team in the East. I don't know if the Bulls or the Hawks have cap room or I don't money. Like the, but I don't like the Hawks. What, you put Trey at shooting guard or you just have Lonzo as the I just guy? like the the Lonzo and Trey sort of duo because Lonzo is like a good defensive player. So are um, they on the court at the same time if they're on the same team? Yeah. And then also when Trey sits, Lonzo's out there another mm -hmm. way around. I don't know. We haven't seen him in a – situation since the Lakers where he's the primary ball handler. Right. We only saw that for a year until LeBron came. So yeah, I, I would also like to see him if he went to a team like the bulls, I think that would be fun because he would be the point guard and right. the leader and he'd be holding the ball and passing it to guys like Zach Levine mm -hmm. um, and Vucevic. So, right. Yeah. I'm excited to see him somewhere else. Yeah. If he, if he resigns with the, pelicans i will be a little disappointed to be honest for sure okay that's all we got for that segment that was the espn top 25 under 25 a lot of people were mad at it including Stephen a smith and including <laughs> us a little bit um but yeah that's what we got on that now the next segment of the podcast will be uh you know just mlb opening week it, it happened this past week exciting uh 
you know, love baseball season. It's great. And it's great to see that there's fans in the stands, which was the first thing I wanted to talk about. The Houston Astros are getting their what they deserve, really. Not really, though. They're getting I mean, all we can give them. Right. Exactly. What they deserve is suspensions and a not a World Series. But that's that's a hundred. That's never going to happen. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> they are getting trash cans thrown at them on the field. <laughs> they are getting just massive cheers when Carlos Correa gets hit by a pitch. Um, and I, I think you can tally it up to me being a salty Dodger fan, but I think most of the MLB is in kind of sync with this, that they absolutely deserve it and deserve it was, all of it. It was the Angels stadium that right. threw trash cans at them. Like the Angels have, <laughs> the Angels don't like the Dodgers, but everybody just hates the Astros. Yeah. And Dusty Baker came out. He's their manager right now. He was like, stop, basically. Like they don't <laughs> deserve it. <laughs> and it's like, dude, I get like he wasn't there. He wasn't their coach, but stop trying to defend it. That's you can't defend it. Like <laughs> they yeah, got I'm... away with the biggest fuck, like one of the biggest, like fraudulent things in MLB history. And it's just, they got away unscathed. Yeah. I don't know. It's great to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Dusty Baker is like, standing up for his team like i understand it from his perspective but also he's his his argument was like oh has nobody else like cheated or anything or nobody else like done a bad thing it's like no we have not cheated to win a world series and make millions of dollars and then i don't know just do what the astros did it's terrible um so they deserve the stuff they're getting and i don't know it's just it's been frustrating not to be able to do it I paused it. We're back. It, it was it was unstable there for a little bit, but we're good. We're good. Are you back? Hello. <laughs> yeah. Could you okay. hear me? Dope. Yeah. Uh, no, like the first half I heard you. But anyways, okay. hello, everybody. We're back. I don't know if, what just happened, but we're just going to post this like it is. So um, if there's technical difficulties, there's technical difficulties, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah. Basically, Dusty Baker was trying to defend them, and you can't do that, you know? I don't know. But yeah, that was kind of, in terms of the fans, I think that was the best part about having fans back, personally. Um, but <laughs> the one, one of the biggest storylines this last week is your man Mercedes. Uh, you, go, you can talk about him first, because I know, know you had a little bit to say. Yeah, I mean, I just thought it was really impressive what he's done as a rookie. He started eight for eight. Like, I don't know if that's ever been done. Um, at what they played like seven or eight games, and he's batting five fifty with two home runs, seven RBIs. The guy's just—I mean, he's been able to hit, and the White Sox team seems to just keep bringing up guys who are so good, and they're so young too, which is just insane. Um, yeah, I—he's got power. He hit a bunch of like singles and stuff, but you you can tell just by looking at him like he's a huge guy. He's gonna mm-hmm. be able to hit for power. Um, so I the White Sox are a fun team. As an Indians fan, it sucks, but they're really exciting to watch. So yeah, yeah I, I like your man Mercedes. I had no idea who this man was, and then after this week, it's like everybody's like, "Wow, this guy's got some potential now." Yeah, 
Mercedes makes an already exciting, young, very talented White Sox team even more exciting, young, and talented. So, I mean, I already had them, uh, you know, winning the AL and going to the World Series before. I mean, he's a breakout star. He wasn't really on anybody's radar in terms of rookie of the year. But, I mean, he, he's, he's obviously a breakout star so far. I mean, it's we're weekend. All these things were weekend. Yeah, it's way too early. But so, But just, I don't know, that White Sox team is exciting. Um, yeah. Now, some in, speaking of exciting, I wanted to talk about the Reds. Um, they were almost put off by a lot of people this year. Um, they made the playoffs last year, but a lot of people were like, oh, I mean, Trevor Bauer dominated all year. Like, he's the reason they were there in a 60-game season. They came out absolutely mashing the ball. Tyler Naquin, Nic- Nicholas Castellanos, that team – has some hitters that guy aquino aquino the the big fool that just swings with his <laughs> arms um and they've just been out hitting for for the last week and they're exciting for... nicholas castiano should not have been suspended because of what he did if you missed it he oh he, my god he stole home on a wild pitch and he got up and he like flex and was like, let's go. Like, and the pitcher was right there. The pitcher got all butt hurt, pushed him, benches cleared. That's so t- soft, dude. <laughs> I don't it's know. it's funny that like the NBA and the MLB go in sort of opposite directions where like the older guys are like, that's just not a part of baseball. You like just don't do that. And then the younger generation's like, Yeah, I want to see bat flips, I want to see some fight. Yeah. They had fights like long ago but i just mean like the unwritten rules that are being broken Mm -hmm. like i want to see that on the baseball field why can't you flex at another guy right it's funny it's exciting like that's what baseball needs and then like he gets suspended and then like no astros players get suspended it's just it's a weird message being sent from the league and it's been going on for the last like two or three years where it's like i don't even know what like i'm allowed to do at this point yeah can i not have fun I think we need a new commissioner who oh, yeah. will allow baseball to be a fun sport because dude, think of the amount of people who don't watch baseball because it's boring. That's literally yeah. every sports <laughs> fan that doesn't watch baseball. So think about if you let stuff like that happen, if you let <laughs> Fernando Tatis bat flip, however he wants, if you let guys <laughs> be as flashy as they want, they can, let them wear what they want to wear on the field. Like more people will watch the game. Like, I just don't get the argument against that. They're, like it's just old heads. <laughs> it is. It's just like, oh, it's not what the game has been. Yeah, well, if the game stays the same, then baseball's gonna fizzle out because we're already losing fans. Right, so how do we change it? Obviously, the game's not the same. There's 20 year olds in the MLB <laughs> right now. Like, like I don't know I don't... what. <sighs> like if you're taking away. A pitcher's ability to like wear a, a, the shoes they want like trevor bowers bowers the main example of this right. where he's like he calls them out every single time uh-huh and it's great i yeah, love it, it that's why so many people love watching trevor bowers because he's different and he's what the mlb should encourage instead of trying to like they censor say him. you can't do this you can't do that it just doesn't make any sense no it doesn't because i don't know rob manfred god <laughs> Yeah, if he's gone, I feel like 
so much progress can be made. And I think players need to start because we have like Trevor Bauer obviously is the most outspoken MLB player in terms of this issue, because I mean, I think he's been the most targeted in terms of this issue. So I think if more players kind of rally around him, the MLB players association gets something going, we can make baseball fun. And that's exactly what it needs because like I said, the main argument against baseball is that baseball is boring. And encouraging guys like Tatis, Bauer, Castellanos this week, guys like Tim Anderson, encouraging them to express themselves, do whatever they really want on the field, as long as obviously they, you know, don't go crazy, crazy, like, you know, but let them, you know, just be themselves, you know? Yeah. I I think the MLB needs to start going in that direction if they want to keep up with the NFL and the NBA. Yeah, I agree. Anything anything you wanted to uh I did want to just talk about DeGrom and his start because we were saying how man the Mets are so good this year. I think they're gonna be great. I still think that, but it was the same exact story for the last like 10 years with DeGrom. He went six scoreless innings, he gave up a, a or he had a bunch of strikeouts. I don't think he only gave up a couple of hits. Um yeah. gets pulled, relief comes in. Loses the game. DeGrom gets a no decision. Six scoreless and no decision. Oh, my God. Story of his career. Happens every year. It's insane. (laughs) I just feel so bad for him. Yeah. And, I mean, that Mets team, they they haven't played. I think they've played, what, four games? They're two and two. Just because of COVID, I think they were supposed to play the Nationals, and the Nationals had a COVID issue. But, I mean – they got to figure it out. If, if the Mets are in for another disappointing season, then I'm ready to just say that franchise is cursed. <laughs> they just gave Lindor like $300 million or whatever. So yeah, they better start winning. <laughs> yeah, they need to. Um, and then also in pitching, Tyler Glass now has looked really good through two starts. Uh, he was my AL Cy Young pick. I don't think he got a decision in e- either of the starts, but um, I think that part of that, and also with part of DeGrom's, is pitchers don't go very far in the first couple of games of the season. They might throw around 80-ish pitches. So later yeah, who had the who had the no hitter and then got pulled? Uh, who did have the no hitter and got pulled? I know Trevor Bauer had a no hitter and then gave up four runs. <laughs> <laughs> uh it was someone on the Brewers, I think. But um yeah, pitchers don't pitch that much in the beginning of the season in terms of pitch count. But Tyler Glasnow's looked really good. Lance Lynn had his first start as a White Sox. I think he went seven scoreless and had like 11 strikeouts. I mean, just by looking at him, you wouldn't think he's a dominant pitcher in the MLB. But guess what? He is. Um, (laughs) That's a big man. That's a big man. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, the White Sox, again, the White Sox look good. (laughs) Yeah. The, the, The record might not show it, but they look good in terms of the talent that they have. Um, and then the last thing I think we both want to talk about is Fernando Tatis's shoulder injury. If you missed it, um, he literally swung absolutely out of his ass at a ball, um, <laughs> out of his shoulder too. Uh, and out of his shoulder, he went down. Um, I think he dislocated it and it was, there was like a slight tear. Um, and I think the options there are to kind of just wait it out and it might happen again or get surgery and you're out maybe two months. 
it sucks to see like we like we're saying i think i i know this isn't some, this is kind of something a lot of people are talking about i think fernando tatis is the face of baseball right now yes mike trout is the best player in baseball but i don't think there's a better guy to be the face of baseball than fernando tatis just because of the reasons we were saying he's exciting he's young he's kind of the future of what baseball needs to be so i think he's the face of baseball right now and it sucks to see him go down um but yeah i he, he it's tough. He wasn't even looking good before the injury either in terms of his playing. Yeah. I just want to see him have a full healthy season because mm-hmm. that's been the knock on him is he's so young and hasn't really been able to show what he can do for a full year. Um, and now he's getting injured and this is a type of injury that people have. And then it can kind of just spring up every once in a while. Like, Oh, my shoulder just popped out again. And there's not really a, permanent fix for it so it's kind of scary to see that something like this can happen and apparently has happened in the past a few times too yeah um, so yeah i i just want to see him healthy i think everyone does shoulder injuries are lingering that's like the definition of a linger injury is a shoulder dislocation cody bellinger dislocated his shoulder last year celebrating a home run he <laughs> went up and did this and just dislocated it he got surgery like a week after the World Series, and he said he feels great in terms of his shoulder now. So I think if I'm Tatis and if I'm on a team like the Padres, I think you get surgery. Uh, because I think if you don't, then it's just something that you're going to have to deal with all season. And what happens if it pops out in the NLDS and then you're out three weeks? Like, I think the safe bet is to go with surgery, but it's it, it sucks to see a guy like Tatis injured. Yeah, I, I see the argument for both sides because you don't want this guy to miss like 50 games or whatever if he's out for a couple months. But also like, yeah, it, you paid him for the next 10 years. So if you have an injury that can linger for his entire career, you do want to also fix that. So yeah, I think they're just in a tough spot right now and – I just want to see him healthy. So if that does mean surgery, it would suck. But also I I get that the reasoning they're doing that. And then last thing before we leave, the the Oakland Athletics, both of our pick to win the AL West. What is going on? I get they've played Astros, Dodgers, Astros, but they look terrible. (laughs) Like the worst team in the league, terrible. Yeah, I have the the run differential for the first – week or whatever that we've played um they have the worst run differential at negative 40 and the next the next lowest is negative 27 so they have been like um they've been terrible basically yeah um and they're one in seven so yes they've played good teams but also like the astros are the team that they're gonna have to be going against Mm -hmm. they're gonna try be trying to beat so if you're getting dominated by them then i think that kind of is showing that you're not as good as them yeah. And I think everyone is going for the athletics mm-hmm. in that, that situation. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Astros, it, they're nobody, they're not going to shut up the haters because we're going to hate no matter what, right. but all they can do is play well. So, I mean, I'll give them their credit. They're playing well. Hopefully it's not because of trash cans, but mm-hmm. <laughs> the hate's going to keep coming because you guys deserve right. it. Right. Yeah. That, that That's what we got. Those are our main kind of storylines, things, stuff we want to talk about week one MLB. Uh, thank you all for listening. Um, again, we talked about the ML- NBA top 25 under 25 list by ESPN and then gave our, you know, just initial takeaways from MLB week one. 
Uh, thank you all for listening so much. Um, uh, if you listened, comment on our Instagram. The Astros are trash cans. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, for my co-host Logan Ring, my name is Diego Sandoval. Signing off. Signing off.